So this morning we start our new series, X Marks the Spot. And there's one thing I really think that the church nowadays is lacking more than anything else is that we don't make disciples. The churches aren't making disciples. Churches have come to this point of looking more inward than outward. And I really think a lot of churches today really don't know what being a disciple really is. And I think a lot of Christians have even forgotten that Jesus specifically told us, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. But somewhere along the line, we've lost the focus of what a disciple is. And as much people can say, well, no, we didn't in this church or this church is still doing it. Churches today are more worried about a Sunday morning, how many people accepted Jesus Christ and were baptized than how many people were made disciples to continue to move forward. And even in this same church, even here, you know, I've been here now eight months. And did you know there is a position in this church called discipleship training director? Disciple, and I don't know who it is. I've been here for eight months. So whoever is the discipleship training director at First Baptist Church of Lantana, make sure you come and see me after service because we need to talk. We really need to talk. So here we have a, someone who's supposed to be directing discipleship. And has anyone been to the class yet? No? Now, of course, this isn't just to point out, hey, we messed up. But this is to point out that we seem to be caught up on so many other things. And we need to get back to the basics. Get back to the basics of what God's word says and what God's word calls us to do. And if we're called to make disciples and to be disciples, then isn't that what we should do? If we're going to be a Jesus Christ-centered church, shouldn't we do what his word calls us to do? Absolutely. So during this series, we're going to be looking at what it means to be a disciple. In between this series and the next one that's going to come after this called Life on Mission, hopefully you'll have everything you need to go out and do what Jesus called us to do in the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations baptizing them. So yes, baptizing and getting people to be followers of Jesus are one thing, but getting people to live like Jesus is another. Being a disciple is so much more than just saying, I accepted Jesus Christ and I've been baptized. There's way more to it than just that. And that's why I think we need to get back to the basics. And of course, Jesus should be the X on our discipleship map. Jesus should be the main focus of everything that we do. And it's interesting throughout church history, the Greek letter X or chi has always been used to represent Jesus. If you look at any old manuscripts or any old ancient passages, a lot of times what they did is they just used an X in the place of Jesus. And even a lot of the early churches to avoid being persecuted, one of the ways that they connected with other people to know that you were a Christian and a Christ follower was using an X. So it's interesting also, just a little side note, when someone says Merry Xmas and they think they're taking Christ out of Christmas, they're actually putting Christ right, right back where he belongs by using a symbol that the persecuted church used to use for Jesus. 
and it's the Greek letter X or Chi. So it's something interesting. So now don't get so upset when someone just says Merry Xmas because they actually put Jesus right back into the middle of it. So we're going to be talking about Jesus being the X on our discipleship map and Jesus being the X for the center of our lives. And I think everyone, you know, everyone likes going on a journey. I remember even today, but especially growing up, I liked movies where people would find this map. And they'd find this map and it'd have all these twists and turns and, and they were going to go on this journey to someplace and there was an X on the map. And that X marked the spot where there was going to be a treasure to be found. And you know, and I think it's really interesting because I like the movies like that because it don't matter how old or young you are, everyone likes going on an adventure. Everyone likes taking a journey to find something. So as, as we take this journey to find the X on our map, I think it's interesting because our life is kind of like a map. Our life is being put together and our journey is being laid out on that map as we go through life. And ultimately, every one of our maps have an X on it. And that X should be the center of our life and that is Jesus Christ himself. So, and you know, as we go through this life, there's going to be twists, there's going to be turns, there's going to be mountains we got to climb, valleys we're going to go through. But it's the same thing with the treasure map. They go through all these different places to find the treasure. And we can find our treasure right inside God's word. So as we look at what being a disciple is and having Jesus as the X on our map, and we're taking that journey to be that disciple, hopefully through this series, we can discover more and more about it. Because as we go through this series, we want to discover what it means to be a disciple, what it truly means to be a disciple in Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bible today, we're going to be in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 30. Yeah, that's a lot of verses. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 30. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you, or you can pull it up on your smartphone, your iPad. Um, if you're watching us online, words will be across the bottom of the screen. Also here in the sanctuary, we'll have the words on the screen. So with that, let's go ahead and dig into God's word. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 30. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one, who is, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it, for, opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, them, uh, when he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and, steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why my father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, He has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone who is demon possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple of Solomon's colonnade. The Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Heavenly Father, as we take time in your word today, Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts that we may receive what it is you have us to receive. And Lord, may my words be yours, and may you be glorified through it all as we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's an intimate relationship between sheep and shepherd. You know, you think about it, consider that relationship of the herd of the sheep and their shepherd. The shepherd guides them, The shepherd protects them, and the shepherd makes sure that they're nourished. He makes sure that they get feed. And the role of the sheep is simply one of response. They simply do what the shepherd calls. When the shepherd calls, they listen and do what the shepherd calls them to do. He leads them to grassy pastures. They eat. When a wolf or a thief attempts to come and steal one of them, he then protects them and leads them into safety. Jesus does the same thing for us. Jesus being our shepherd does the same thing. He calls us, he gives us all that we need, and he keeps us from evil. So he is our good shepherd. And our job is simply to follow his voice, to simply follow the voice of Jesus and what he calls us to do. You know, Jesus is our good shepherd. And think about it, he's got a lot invested in us. Jesus has a lot invested in his sheep. Here in this passage, he talks about the good shepherd will lay down his life. Well, we know he already did that. He laid down his life sacrificially for us, his sheep, so that we can move forward and that we can go on with our life and to follow him. And he he says he loves us because God loves us and he and the Father are one. So so to catch, you know, the catch is for all of this that we have to follow him. We have to follow Jesus and we have to know his voice. 
We have to know what his voice is saying. You know, Jesus told us that, that the sheep know and follow his voice. So if we're truly sheep of Jesus, then we should know his voice and we should be following his voice because when Jesus calls, we should answer. But unfortunately, I think a lot of times in life we get caught up and we can't discern the voice of Jesus. And as Christ followers, one of the things we need to do is to be able to understand the difference between what is the voice of Jesus and what is the voice of those trying to destroy us, those that Jesus called thieves and robbers. You know, and a lot of times in life, you know, how do we know if it's the voice of Jesus? And it sounds like a Sunday school answer, but you got to spend time in his word. You got to spend time reading his word. You got to spend time in prayer so that you know what his voice is. You know, we've been given the, the Bible. We've been given God's word so that we can know him. And you think about anyone you want to have an intimate relationship with or you want to get to know, what do you do? You spend time with them. So we need to do the same thing by spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer with him. And instead of just real quick doing a little quick morning devotion, do you really take time reading his word so that you can hear his voice? Because I think a lot of times that's one of the places that we fail. And, and I think we really need to approach scripture knowing that God's going to speak to us through his word. And I think if we really take up our Bible with the faith that knowing that God's going to speak with us, it makes all the difference in the world when you're reading. Because it's not like you're just reading war and peace. You're reading word that is alive in your life. It is the living, breathing word of God. And we have it at our fingertips. We have it in printed form. We have it on, you know, on our phones. We have it anywhere we want to have it. We've got it for us. Think about the early days of the church when they were following Jesus. They didn't have it. One person had it that would open it up and read it to everybody. We have it at our fingertips. We have the ability to listen to God anywhere we're at and open up his word to see what it has to say. And I think we fail at doing that. And, you know, and it's tough. I may say, hey, we've got it here. But how tough is it? You know, when you got young kids, it's, it's tough to take that time to read God's word. You're constantly doing something. Or if you got a job or, you know, just something going on, it, it's hard to block out that time to take each day and spend time with him. See, a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ, and it requires discipline. And, of course, it is the same root word. We get the word disciple from discipline. It's hard work. It takes work and it's not something that's just going to come off easy and it's just going to be, oh, great, we know it. I know God's voice. Because, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I get a lot of times as a pastor is, well, you know, pastor, I've been praying and, and, and I just need to find out the will of God. You know, I, I just don't know what it is. And, and, and I've taken time in his word and, and, and you know, not maybe not as much, you know, I read the Bible yesterday and the day before, but what's the will of God, Pastor? I'll tell him, it's right here. It's right here. Pick it up. Read it. Take time to dig in. Oh, well, I read a little bit yesterday. You're not going to hear it. 
You need to take time each and every day in it. You want to know what the will of God is? It's right there. If you know his voice, you're going to know what it is. If you take time with him, you know what it is. And unfortunately, here in the U.S., us talking about knowing something, I think is a little different. Actually, it's majorly different than what the Bible calls it for. You think about this. In the U.S., we know something because we've learned it. So we've learned it or we kind of studied it. You know, we all know one plus one is two. So we're all mathematicians, all right? Because at some point, we've all taken math. So we kind of know what math is. We know the logic behind it. Each one of us can say that the door of the church right there is white. And why do we say it's white? Because we've been taught, we learn that that color is white. And so we know that that's what it is. So we learn it and we're taught it and we kind of say, okay, well, we know this. But do we really know it? Do we really know it? Is that really white or have we just all been told it's white? Do we really know it? Now, see, in the Hebrew, knowing is a little different. In Hebrew, knowing and knowledge actually means experience in something. So knowledge comes from experience. It doesn't come from learning or someone telling them this is what it is. It comes from having an experience. So that's totally different than what we know when it talks about knowing. In the Hebrew, it's an intimate relationship of experiencing something. You know, and the idea of knowing is exactly what Jesus is talking about here in this passage. You see, we know Jesus because we have an intimate relationship with him. It's an individual, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how we come to know him. We're able to hear his voice because we've spent time with him. You think about anyone you've, you know, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends over the years. How'd you get to know him? You spent time with him. If you could have had a book about your significant other to read and know everything about them before you met them, would you have done it? No? Really? I want to know everything there is to know about Patty, and I wish I knew everything before I ever met her. But we have that opportunity with with God. We have that opportunity with Jesus. It's in his word. It's written. We have that ability to know it. Now, granted, there are some things that we don't want to know ahead of time. I'm sure there's a whole lot of things about me Patty didn't want to know before she met me. And she wished she didn't know now. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you think about it. If we have that intimate, intimate relationship, whatever we have the intimate relationship with is what we're going to listen to. <clears throat> so if you have an intimate relationship with the world and the things of the world, what are you going to follow and what are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to and follow what the world calls for. You know, and, and so it's a difference in when you ask, your quest, ask that question, what voice are you following? Are you following the voice of the world? Are you following the voice of strangers? Or are you following God's voice? And I think a lot of us may say, well, sometimes a little of both. And don't worry, you're probably not alone. Because I guarantee there is not one person in this room that only follows the voice of Jesus 24-7. And so, oh, I do. 
Remember, you're sitting in church. All right? <laughs> because we all have them moments. We all have that time. But the difference is knowing the difference in the voices. You know, I may know what the voice of the world is calling me to do and understand what that voice is calling me to do, but then I have to be able to say, uh-uh-uh, you're not doing nothing but going to try and destroy me. You're like a thief coming in the night. I need to follow this voice. You know, that old, you know, angel on one shoulder, devil on the other. We've all been there. We all have that at some point in our life. You know, and... We need to understand if Jesus calls us, he's being the good shepherd. He laid down his life for us. He should be the voice we listen to. He should be the voice that we follow. And you know, you may sit here today and I may ask, do you know Jesus? And a lot of you are going to be, yeah, I know Jesus. Do you really know Jesus the way I just described it as an intimate relationship? as an intimate relationship, not just I know him and you know him because, well, I know I was taught in Sunday school that Jesus walked on this earth. He was the Messiah. He was killed on a cross and he rose again three days. That's knowing Jesus. To know Jesus means you hear his voice, that he is guiding your life in everything that you do. It's that intimate relationship. So knowing and knowing Jesus are two different things. Which one are you doing? And which one should you be doing? You know, and unfortunately, a lot of people, it's, a lot of people say, well, I read the word. Well, you know what? Demons know what God's word says too. There's a whole lot of people who can quote scripture. It has not affected their life. It's that head knowledge and not heart knowledge. And there's a big difference between what we know here and what we have here. And thank God Jesus knows what's here. He knows what's here. And a lot of people, as we've talked about, you know, throughout the months of me being here, is people will come to church and wear that mask. You wear that mask of you're holier than thou as you're in the presence of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then as soon as you pull out of the church parking lot, you're telling someone they're number one and you get road rage. Or you're, in line, or you're going through the store in Publix and People got the aisles blocked and you let them know that you're not a Jesus follower because they need to get out your way, <laughs> you know? So we, we need to know who we're following and we need to listen to that voice. And if Jesus is going to be the X on our discipleship map, we need to keep our eyes focused on him. We need to be focused on him. We need to be saturated in his word and seeking him and seeking to hear his voice in everything that we do. And it's not easy. And I understand it's not easy, but it's what we should be trying to do each and every day. You know, and it's interesting because <coughs> through this scripture, you see some other metaphors that come up. You know, it's mixed metaphors. You know, one talks about Jesus being the gatekeeper, and then he's the gate, and then he's the good shepherd, and it can kind of get confusing. Well, wait, he's the gate, but he's also the gatekeeper, and he's a good shepherd. How? How is he everything? But ultimately, it reminds us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Just as it says in John 14, 6 and 7, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. For now on, you do know him and have, been, and have seen him. You see, Jesus basically, he, he tells us right here, it's about knowing. It's even more about knowing. 
If you know him, you know the Father. You got to understand that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is how we get to where we get. And it's because of that relationship with him. Jesus being the good shepherd laid down his life for us. By laying down his life, we also know that we enter through him. And the only way that we can become a member of his flock or counted as one of his sheep is by coming through him. So it kind of makes the different metaphors come together. And we know him by listening to his voice. You know, this is Discipleship 101. So whoever is the director of discipleship in the church, here's your 101 class. This Discipleship 101, it's very basic. But you see, sheep are dumb. Sheep can be very stupid. There's some stories out there I was reading. I was kind of chuckling at one of them. I was like, man, that had to be funny to watch. It's a sad thing, but it's funny to watch. Is There's a story about a bunch of shepherds. They had all their sheep, and the shepherds were all around a campfire eating, and no one was watching the sheep. And the sheep, one by one, walked off a cliff just following each other because they were just following whoever was in front of them. And because the shepherds weren't paying attention, all the sheep fell off a cliff. And it's interesting, when I was in Israel, actually we were out on the countryside, and you know how they talk about, you know, they got all the sheep in one pen and the shepherds outside, and he calls them and only his shepherd come out? It is so interesting when you actually see it. Because literally there'll be thousands of sheep And they'll open the gate and the shepherd will start talking or whistling or doing something and his sheep will come out and he'll walk on and they go and the others stay there. They don't just, and then the other shepherd will come up. So they actually do actually know the voice of the shepherd. Now, sometimes the sheep will just follow the wrong sheep, but they generally always know the shepherd's voice, whether it's a whistle, whatever it may be. And it's very interesting to watch it because it really brings the scripture to life when you see it live and in person. But we as sheep sometimes are stupid. Sometimes we're dumb. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we may lose our focus. Sometimes we just plain get jacked up and we just mess up. We just mess up. No matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, sometimes we're those sheep that are following the wrong path and we fall off a cliff because we're not listening to the voice. But that's where it comes to know that we can ask for that forgiveness. When we fall short, we can ask for that forgiveness. Jesus knows our heart. God knows our heart. And we're going to mess up. Because as sheep, there's times we're going to do stupid things and we're going to do dumb things. But he is a good shepherd for a reason. Not like us where we may hold it against somebody. We mess up. We ask for forgiveness. We get that forgiveness. We repent and we move on. And we continue to hear his voice. Will we mess up again? Yeah. I'm 56 years old. I guarantee I mess up before the day's out. And I'm up here preaching. And I still bet I mess up before the day's out. Do I mess up the way I did when I was 18, 19, 20 years old? Not even remotely close. 
Not even remote. Oh, I could tell stories, but I'm not going to. But I'm still going to mess up, and we're still going to mess up. But know that Jesus knows our heart. And know that he even says here, he gives that promise, no one can snatch you from his flock. Those should be words of encouragement. No one can snatch you from his flock. You can't be taken from it. He knows your heart. And if X marks the spot and Jesus is the center of your life, you know that nothing will be able to snatch you. The only thing going to snatch you is you by not following his voice. So this week I ask you, you know, listen for the voice of Jesus. Really listen for the voice of Jesus. Find out what voice you really listen to the most. Is it the voice of Jesus or is it the voice of the world? Remember, we should be the ones changing the culture, not allowing the culture to change us. Take time this week simply to be with him. Really be with him. Take time to get to know him. Take time that you know his voice, that there is no doubt in your life that it's his voice. Take time to invite someone else. Invite someone else to get to know him and hopefully they'll be able to join his fold and come through his gate. And that they can come to have that intimate relationship with Jesus also. It's what we're called to do. You see, I think if our church is really going to go to the future that God calls it to do, we've got to be sold out. We've got to be sold out for Jesus. And that's got to be at the core. That should be at the core of what we're doing. You know, Father's Day, even on Mother's Day, we talked about lasting legacy. What is the legacy you are leaving behind? What is the legacy you are leaving behind? The legacy of this church was being planted to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're going to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you got to make disciples, which means we should be disciples. Everyone here in this church, and I'm here to tell you, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you've been a Christian for two minutes or 30 years. God's not done with you. And all them are his excuses. We get so caught up on, I'm too old to do that. God's not done with you. You're still breathing God's air. He can still use you. But we get so caught up on, well, I've done my part. Jesus died on a cross for you not to say, I'm done, I've did my part. Your part is finished when you meet him face to face. Until that time comes, we need to continue to go on. Because this is the core, whether you're inside this church, whether you watch it online, this core of people right here can make a difference in the town of Lantana and in Palm Beach County by being the disciple and being the men and women and children that God has called us to be. If we are children of God, we need to make a difference in this world. Not just coming to church and saying, I did my part. Too many people come to church on a weekend just say, hell, I went to church. And they do nothing after they leave the church. It's time to step up and make that be the focus. God wants to use us. He wants us to know him. And he wants us to hear his voice. That's what he calls us to do.
So today as we close, if there's something, if there's anything in your life that's keeping you from hearing the voice of Jesus or from doing what he's called you to do, I encourage you, come up here and leave it at the altar. Come up here and give it to him. You see, because we've all got something. We've got something that's holding us back from doing what Jesus calls us to do. And a lot of time what's holding us back is our excuses. We have an excuse. We're too young. We're too old. Well, he can't use me. Oh, because of my past. Jesus can use you right where you're at. He knows who you are. But do you know him? Do you really, really know him? And if not, come on up. I'll be off to the side. We can pray about it. Well, you can come here and just leave it right at the altar. Let's make a move and start to hear his voice and knowing who Jesus really is. Because we need to know him, not just know him, but know him and have that intimate relationship with him. Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, I raise them to you that they will become the disciples you call them to be. Lord, that we will hear your voice above the voice of the world. Lord, that we will seek you with our whole heart and that we will seek that intimate relationship with you and that we will know you on a different level than just knowing you. And Lord, I don't know who it is, but someone needs to come up here today and give it back to you, Lord. They need to give it to you and seek you with their whole heart. And Lord, I just ask that you move them and that you will move this congregation in a way to reach this town and reach this county and beyond. And that your name will be glorified through it all. And Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you and make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.